Each of us has a purpose. We are destined to do something meaningful, not only to support our loved ones, but to positively impact our communities throughout the country. What do you think a private Christian education looks like? Grand Canyon University graduates 25,000 students yearly and offers more than 225 high-quality programs across nine colleges. Find your purpose at GCU. Visit gcu.edu. It's official. Real Ghost Stories Online and The Grave Talks will be live at the Crescent Hotel for one night only, August 11th, 2019 at 7 p.m. And you are invited. I'm Tony Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online, and I can't wait to meet you at the Crescent Hotel this August 11th for an awesome night of ghost stories. We're going to have a lot of fun at the Crescent Hotel that night as we record an episode of Real Ghost Stories Online live. The stories on this episode come from you guys, the audience, live at the Crescent. Then it's a live episode of The Grave Talks as we talk with Crescent historian and paranormal investigator Keith Scales. We'll learn all about the history of the hotel, how it came to be, why it's haunted today, what goes on at the haunted Crescent Hotel, and allow you guys to ask your questions as well with a live Q&A segment. It's a fun night full of ghost stories at the historic haunted Crescent Hotel, a hotel that we've had many stories from shared about over the years here on the show. Tickets are only $25 a piece and are on sale now. Go to realghoststoriesonline.com and click on the Live at the Crescent Hotel banner to purchase yours. They are very limited, though, and when they are gone, they are gone. Real Ghost Stories Online and The Grave Talks live at the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, August 11th, 2019. Get your tickets now at realghoststoriesonline.com. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, is the world of working security in a haunted building becoming too much for one man? Also, knocking turns into banging, banging turns into terror, and could a funeral home in close proximity to residential homes be the cause of their haunting? Those stories and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. 855-853-4802 is our phone number to call in to share your real ghost story with us. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Dial it up, share away. You can write in your story through our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you want to support our show, this is a listener-supported show primarily. You go to uh, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com. Uh, slash Real Ghost Stories, and you become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person. With that, you get uh, access to our bonus episodes, all 250-plus of those. We put brand-new ones out every single week, advanced access to our regular episodes weeks before they go public, and lots of other extras, like you can get tickets to our live events before they go on sale, um, all sorts of other cool extra stuff. And right now, 
This is the first episode I'm able to talk about this on. Uh, there's a new extra that uh, is uh, is out. As you know, over the years, we've been doing uh, a little little something extra for the, the yearly EPPs. Those are the folks who sign up at ghostpodcast.com for a year membership for $55 to get one month free. And then, of course, the access for the full year and a little something extra this year for 2019. Uh, I have uh, created a uh, USB drive or a flash drive uh, that we packed with a whole bunch of very interesting content. There's a brand new exclusive uh, extra long EPP episode on there. That's for this this drive only for a yearly EPP member. This is not one that's released in any other way, shape or form. You get that. There's a new Richard and Chattanooga special on there. Um, that is for this drive only and yearly EPPs only um, in this special. And that th- that's one of those things I was putting together thinking this would be an interesting extra. And it's actually the piece I'm most excited about. Yeah. Of, of all the stuff that's on that drive. And there's all sorts of great stuff on there. But uh, that I, I put together the other day and I thought, you know, I'm going to go through the archive of all the calls. I want to make sure that we've listened to everything that we've gotten from him. So I, I went back and I found all of the calls and I went. You know, I remember this. When he initially called in to share his stories, he had to, he, he was losing connection uh, for the first several calls. And he would call back and then try and get his story in before his connection would be lost. And what he did in those stories is really interesting because I've never listened to them. I just always went with the most recent call thinking this would be the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, you know, outline form, yeah, fairly same. But there's a ton of details of his story uh, and and the haunting that he went through that we've never heard before. Right. Things involving a fire, things involving uh, what was going on within the house, which led up to, you know, as bad as it got. A lot of details that we've never really dived into. So that's on that uh, that drive as a new episode. Plus some of my favorite interviews as well. Laura Dio on there from the Amityville Horror. Um, uh, Christopher Edward McKinnell, uh, whose grandparents are Ed and Lorraine Warren and several others. There's more than 10 hours of bonus content that you get when you become a yearly EPP with this drive. And you can either A, I can send you the drive, mail it to you, uh, which we we do with all the other stuff, or I can get you a download link and you can get all the access immediately. That's your call. If you want the drive, I'll send it to you. It's kind of a cool wooden USB drive uh, and you can reuse it. It's eight gigabytes. You can you know use it around the office, whatever you want, um, or, uh, or you can just get that link and I can send you the, the content immediately. Your call when you send it to be a yearly EPP, shoot me an email. Tony at Real Ghost Stories Online, and you'll get uh, all that stuff. So that is out there now. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Tony and Jenny Bruski here. Hi. Hi. Are you ready for a phone call? Sure. You're, uh, how's, how's the lung update? Um, I'm okay. I'm breathing. <laughs> I'm out of it. <laughs> I'm like in a state of wah. <laughs> because it's not been a good couple of weeks for you. No. you you've had the, the bronchitis. Well, it started with a sinus infection yeah. and it moved into bronchitis, which I get bronchitis mm-hmm. if somebody looks at me wrong. I get sure. bronchitis. And then now, as of today, I went to the walk-in. This is like the second time I've been to the walk-in clinic. They and walk I, in and they're like, Norm! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's an ear infection. So I'm on my third round of antibiotics. Hopefully this kicks it. 
So she's when she's looking at me, she's actually looking at the ceiling. It's really kind of weird. One eye is going this way, the other is going that way. I just way. feel like I'm I'm moving in slow motion. You know, like when you're trying to run in the pool, it's like that. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Okay. Just out of it. All right. Let's go to our first call. This is a really interesting call. I've been excited to uh, to play this. Um, this is a, a gentleman who has been calling into the show and has been very active on our. Uh, group page uh, of Real Ghost Stories Online sharing video of the building that he's a security guard at with tons of crazy stuff going on at it. So if you've been keeping track of that, this is uh, the latest update from him and uh, the haunting situation that he's been dealing with. Let's take a listen. Hey, Tony, it's Glenn. Um, uh, and you won't believe like this stuff that's going on right now, but so I was talking to the ladies in the office the other day because they were like, because they've been hearing that I've been you know catching videos of stuff at night and during the day, and they were telling me about. She goes, uh, the main lady that you know runs everything. She goes, hon, do you mind if I uh, talk to you real quick? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah what's wrong? You know, because you know, I'm security, I thought it might have been a security issue. Um, she was talking to me. And she goes, hon, you ain't gonna believe this, but. I just got a call from the head contractor, and you know how you say you cut, you, you know, I've seen the video, she goes, you, I've seen them from everybody, from the owner of the building, from the contractor, from the workers, um, she goes, uh, so here soon they're supposed to be taking the boiler room out. I said, okay, I said, uh, is, is there anything that you need us to do when they do that? She goes, no, honey. She goes, uh here soon they're going to be taking the boiler room out but there's a problem they're supposed to be taking the furnace and the boiler out and i said okay and i said do you need me to keep people out or what's going on she goes no she goes they found human remains in the uh, the furnace and i said what and she goes yeah you heard me right they found human remains in the um in the furnace and i was standing there flabbergasted and i was like well sh you know shit you know, well, that might be some of the reasons that it's really as bad as it is down in the boiler because we had contractors get scratches on time, but, you know, you think of contractors and stuff like, well, you know, they're, they're contractors. They, they work with heavy stuff. They, you know, tear stuff out. They could get scratched, but they're getting scratches in places that have double lining clothing or, you know, places that you wouldn't think they would get scratched at. They've been getting scratched on their, their butt. They're getting scratched on their back. Uh, the other day, they were telling me that the owner of the building was down there, and he caught a video of a bucket, a big paint bucket, uh, was moving by itself. And he said, you know, this is cool, and started recording it. And one thing led to another, and the bucket literally flew across the room at him and, like, damn near missed his head by a couple inches. And he said, all right, I'm done here, and he ran back upstairs. Uh, I'll let you know what else is going on, but... I, I figured I had to call, but from what I understand, back in the 50s and 60s when the place was still, I'm not trying to be you know wrong about it, but it turned from a, um, back in that time, it was still, a Jim, I guess, a Jim Crow era thing, but it used to be a all-white hotel, then it turned into a, um, a lower-class black-owned hotel, and, you know, it, it's something weird, but um, apparently the mob that used to live and that used to run Newport, Kentucky, apparently tried to branch out into Ohio and stuff like that. Well, 
they used to have mob meetings in the, the ballroom um, at the place that I work, and they used to do hits there as well. And they would they didn't they didn't really like you know think of them you know they didn't really have proof that they were doing hits there. Well, I guess we found the proof the other day because they're, they're getting ready to remove the um, the furnace, and they really can't do anything because it's not like a full human remains, but it's like bits and pieces of femurs, you know, arms, ribs, and stuff like that. But there's multiple body parts in that uh, furnace, so. They're thinking once the mob would hit, would do the hit, they would throw them down into the into the furnace, and would it would pretty much cremate them. Well, I guess it did for the most part, but yeah. So we were talking about that, and I said, you understand, like once they remove that boiler in that furnace, that the shit around here is gonna intensify like a, a hundredfold. Like they're getting ready to start pulling the floor up, and that floor has been there since you know 1892, since the building originally opened. So. It shit's about to get really, really bad there. But uh, I was talking to a contractor the other day, and he was telling me because I had to go. I find so I find out why they had the the, the rosary beads in the in the contractor office. Apparently, there's a there's a church across the street from where I work at the the building, and he went across there to after the stuff started hurt, you know, happening. And you know, stuff started hurting him that he went across there and talked to a priest. And the priest said, you need this. And he goes, well, what's this? And it was the rosary beads. And he said, apparently he came over there and like, he, as soon as he walked in the building, he was like, I can't do this and left. So they also had like a lady that, you know, I, I'm not too like, no, no, what, what they do, but apparently they can sense the dead or they can, you know, they can tell people, Hey, you know, your grandmother says she wants to tell you that she loves you and stuff like that. Well, they had a lady come in and do that to see what was going on with the place. It was uh, one of the um, manager's uh, cousins or something. She walked in and said, this place is horrible. And the lady's like, yeah, we know, you know, this is going on. She goes, no, you don't understand. There's so much death here. She goes, so much brutal acts of death. She goes, I can't do this. And she goes, what do you mean you can't do this? She goes, there is at least 50 to 60 people right now in the lobby. She goes, and they're all asking for help. And like, I'm getting, like, I'm starting to get scared at this point. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty messed up because that would explain the feelings that I get of being watched constantly on every floor. The other day, after, you know, they told me this and they went up on the, the 11th, I believe. No, the 7th. I do apologize. It's the 7th floor. And that's where I caught the, the video the other day that I posted to your guys' site about the lady saying, yeah, I am. Um, she goes, you won't believe this. She goes, we were on the seventh floor. And I said, yeah. And she goes, we got the same citrus smell perfume. And I'm like, well, that's cool. You know, you finally got the experience. She goes, honey, no. She goes, it just chased us off the floor. I said, what do you mean it chased you off the floor? She goes, we, we were literally up there. And all of a sudden, a big gust of wind hit us so hard that it damn near knocked us over. I'm like, that's kind of weird, you know, but I was trying to think of maybe it was because of wind from the outside. It was a little windy the other day, but she goes, honey, no. She goes, no, 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 no. You don't understand. This wind was really bad. She goes, it hit us so hard that we damn near fell over. I said, oh, well, that's kind of crazy. She goes, yeah, she goes. And then we tried to walk down the hall even further 
And she goes, all of a sudden, all we could hear was feet coming running at us. And she goes, honey, it was daylight. I can see, we could see in front of us. She goes, nobody was in front of us. So we ran, we took off. She gave me the pamphlet, and, you know, for one of the residents there. So I went up on the seventh floor, put it in the door, and she, you know, I didn't really experience anything. I didn't even smell the perfume, but we get the perfume smell now on the 11th, the 7th, and the 10th. So I don't know if something's moving from between those floors or what, but it's getting really bad there because, like, the amount of, like, stuff that's happening is starting to intensify. I don't know if it's because they're getting closer to, you know, removing the floor and the boiler or the furnace, but, dude, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm close to having, like, have my family uh, priest come in and probably try to bless the place. They've been, they've been looking into it because it's just getting so bad there now that I think I brought some stuff home with me. Uh, uh, the other day or a while back, I think it was like two weeks ago, my little daughter was saying that she hasn't seen her friend in her forever. And I looked to my girlfriend, I said, what you talking about? She goes, oh, her imaginary friend. I said, okay, that's cool. So we get upstairs and we're getting ready to go to bed and my girlfriend screams really loud. She goes, damn it, Miracle. And I was like, the hell are you talking about? Miracle's in bed. She goes, baby, you understand. I just saw Miracle on the side of the bed. I said, babe, Miracle wasn't on the side of the bed. I'm looking into the room now. Both of them are asleep. And she goes, oh, my God. And I said, what's wrong? She goes, it's a little girl. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's a little girl. I'm starting to freak the hell out. I'm, you know, I'm getting goosebumps right now. I'm trying to talk to you about it. She goes, Babe, there's a little girl on my side of the bed. Babe, like, hey, what are you talking? There's no little girl on your side of the bed. It was freaking me out so bad that I was staying up a couple hours past what I usually do. So I stood up until about 5 a.m. just to you know keep an eye on things and stuff like that. So I'm getting ready to go to bed, and all of a sudden I see a little girl pop up on my side of the bed. I thought it was my my oldest daughter. I look again. This girl looked nothing like my daughter. And as soon as she walked by my side of the bed, she disappeared. And that scared the hell out of me because I was like, all right, I'm done. We have like LED lights hung out to the room. I turned them on real quick. I'm like, I'm a big guy, but that scared the hell out of me. And we were, uh, you know, the next day I, I got up and I got into my game chair. And I, you know, I, I turned around and I started getting ready for work and stuff like that. And uh, all of a sudden... We have a king size bed. Like all of a sudden, my my pillows are in the middle of the bed. From when they go downstairs in the morning, since I work seconds, I like to sleep in a little bit. And since you know I sleep in the middle, my, all my pillows are being in the middle of the bed. And all of a sudden, I'm in the chair, and the next thing I know, my pillows are pretty heavy. They go flying and hit hit the wall side of the wall. And I'm like, holy shit. I get up real quick, I book it downstairs with my uniform, my, my utility belt, my uh, sidearm, all that stuff. I book it downstairs real quick. And I'm a big dude, but this shit is getting to the point where I can't handle it no more. So I go downstairs real quick, and I'm, like, trying to shake it off. Like, I don't want them to see me, you know, stressed out over this because then it's going to start messing with them. And I get downstairs, and I ask my daughter, I said, you know, you found your friend lately? He goes, yeah, Dad, she went upstairs to speak with you this morning. My, I lost my shit. My heart hit the fucking ground. I was like, what? And Becca looked at me, and she goes, I told you I saw a little girl last night. Like, it, it's, it's, 
scaring the hell out of us, like, right now, like, I don't know what to do. I'm thinking about having a family priest come here and bless our house, and then maybe something we can do about that place. But as far as I know, there's nothing we can do about that place because there's just so much death. There's so much violence that happened in that place. There's so much death. Like, I don't know if it used to be mob-owned or, you know, like, that. I don't know if there's more bodies, but when they said they first, you know, went through there, there was, they had the blueprints. They were telling us that there was places in the building that, literally was not there in the blueprints. It said it was in the blueprints, but it was not there. They were saying extra walls were there. There were doorways that were there that weren't there. They were having, like, there's li- there's literally two tunnels underneath the building that no one knew about for the longest period of time. And they've been there since they've, you know, opened the building. It's just uh, it's getting to the point where it's like, I don't want it to hurt my family, but I think some stuff did follow me home, um, you know, I don't know what to do, man. Like, I, I used to be to the point where I was like, you know, that's cool. You know, you've seen something that you can't explain. You know, you can't pretty much, you cannot literally wrap your mind around it. You're like, oh, that's awesome. And I think that would drew to me. But I, I kind of regret all that stuff right now because if I don't want it to hurt my family. You know, because that's the biggest part of me is just, I, I'm a family. I, I deal with, I can't deal with that stuff anymore, man. Like, I don't know. It, it, it just, you literally can't wrap your mind around it, but I don't want something hurting my, my, my daughters or my girlfriend. And my girlfriend was telling me the other night, she was, Glenn, I don't want to alarm you. I said, okay. She goes, there's a guy standing right behind you, and he's about close to six, maybe seven foot tall. And I said, Becca, I said, I don't want to hear that. And she goes, baby, I'm being dead serious. I turned around, short and fucking off. There's a guy standing right behind me. And like, I don't know. This is getting to the point where I'm like, I can't do this shit no more. So I think I'm going to talk to my family priest here soon and do what he can do. But as far as my job, I'm going to do my job until I can and then find something else because... I don't want something hurting my family at this point in time. And, and I don't think and nothing has yet, but I hope nothing does. But, you know, uh, it's just, it's horrible. But I'll let you know. I'll keep you updated, guys, about our work. Uh, I know as soon as they pull that furnace, it's, shit's going to fly. Like, I know... I know it is because you got that much energy already based in those walls and stuff. And they start, as soon as they start pulling them walls down, that's when stuff started hurting or happening really bad. And you're talking about, you know, years and years of, you know, fear, hate inside of something, all that energy inside a furnace. And as soon as they pull that shit, it's just, it's going to be the worst shit. I think there's going to be some bad stuff happening here soon from that, that furnace. Like, as soon as they move it, they're, they're, uh, they're going to be doing it here eventually, I think in the next two months. But I just, I don't know. See, there's a point where I'm just like, all right, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But you guys have a good one. Bye. And I want to get your reaction here in just a second. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, Lenny's Used Furnaces for commercial use. Oh, that's not Lenny, nice. <laughs> Lenny, if you need a big furnace for your building, Lenny's got you covered with 
uh, 30 days, same as cash. That's not Lenny's funny. used for... <laughs> Poor Glenn's going through hell and you're going to make a joke. <laughs> I had to lighten it a little bit because that was pretty dark. It is pretty dark. So, Glenn, thank you for sharing that story. And I hope I could make you smile a little bit after, you know, going through that shit. But, oh, my God. I will say this. Okay. As bad as things are right now, and I know he thinks they're going to get exponentially worse when they remove the furnace in the boiler room. Mm-hmm. Maybe they will actually improve. And here's what I'm thinking. This furnace seems to be what was used to, you know, get rid of evidence when people were killed. Mm-hmm. There's probably a lot tied into that furnace itself and possibly removing it may actually help things. The fact that it's being recognized that you're it, it, saying kind of like, oh, look, people found us finally. They, or they, they, they found some answers. That or just the fact that there's still literally human remains mm-hmm. in this furnace, which I, I have another thought on that, too. I'll come back to. But the the fact that it seems like maybe a lot of stuff is tied to the furnace itself. So literally removing the furnace mm-hmm. may improve things. You're going to have things that are going to be, you know, freaking out because their surroundings are changing sure. anyway. But I, I'm wondering if maybe some of the entities that are there will actually leave and yeah. not be there anymore because the thing they're attached to is being removed. I was wondering kind of the same thing when he was sharing his story. I think there's going to be a, a spike. I mean, it's already quite a crazy active building. If mm-hmm. you've seen any of his videos, you can see him if you're a member of our Real Ghost Stories Online group page. and Anyone can sign up for that. Um, so it's already a crazy active building. But I, I could totally see there being a, a spike here. But then maybe what you're saying, mm-hmm. it'll you know kind of calm back down. When it calms back down, maybe it won't be to the level at which it was prior. Right. Yeah. My other thought about the the human remains in the furnace. Mm-hmm. Okay, he mentioned mob era and Jim Crow era, so we're talking 80 years ago, sure. roughly. How long do human remains stay in a furnace? So I'm wondering if there's not something that's been going on in more recent, not like immediately recent, mm-hmm. but more recent times. Like, you would assume that, that someone, had they been thrown in the furnace that their bones would eventually get down to to ash no matter what over a certain period of 80 time? years of you know seasonal yeah. cremation yeah i would think that there would be more that would have gone you know turned into ash or you know i i just kind of wondered how recent mm-hmm. those bones are unless maybe and as we discuss bodies and furnaces um my only thought on that um, I get what you're saying, mm-hmm. but you know, furnaces, especially, you know, commercial ones, they're pretty big. Mm-hmm. If the body is, is in there, maybe, you know, you have like corners and crevices of furnaces that aren't like right in there in the mm-hmm. heat. So I'm wondering if maybe some of those bones pieces that they found were just kind of off in the corner and the crevice that doesn't get that direct heat. And that's why they're still there from, from that long ago. That's, that, that's how they could have survived that many years. Cause it's just kind of way yeah. off in the, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not an expert on bodies and furnaces. I never thought we would discuss the logistics of bodies and furnaces. But my last thing that I want to talk about, Glenn, about is it seems like there's a lot of things dealing with the wrong side of the law that went on in this building. Mm -hmm. And Glenn happens to be a uniformed security officer, which does not make him a police officer, but to the spirits there, they see somebody in uniform that is a figure of authority. Mm -hmm. 
the empath or the medium that went in there said that there were like 50 or 60 people there wanting help. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they're reaching out to Glenn as a source of help, being that he is a uniformed figure of authority that they can see. And they're saying that going just like as they would in life, going to a police officer, yes. they're seeing him going, maybe he has some say, maybe he can do something here. And I'm wondering if maybe yeah. that's why things are following him home, not yeah. to necessarily hurt him, but because they're seeking his help. So if that feels like maybe what's going on, I would say start putting your resume out there. You know, I'm not going to say quit your job before you find a job, but mm-hmm. I would, I don't know that that particular aspect of your job is going to improve if that's what's going on. I think at this point, security at a funeral home would be a better, <laughs> less, less active. I just sometimes try and put myself in the, the ghost shoes. And if I had been killed by somebody that was on the wrong side of the law doing illegal activity, mm-hmm. the mob or whatever. And I was a ghost and I didn't really understand the fact that I was dead. Mm-hmm. I would still be trying to get, you know, help and sure. I would be trying to find whatever police type person I could find. And yeah. that's Glenn. Makes sense. Glenn, thank you for calling in and sharing that update with us. Please do uh, continue to keep us uh, abreast. I know if you really want real-time updates from Glenn, he does a ton on our Facebook group page. Uh, but uh, please do uh, keep calling in with updates, and we'll uh, we'll keep everybody updated on your story. It's been a while since we've had a serial-esque story mm-hmm. on the show where it's update, 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 and you kind of look forward to it. It's kind of like a train wreck. I hate that he's going through it, but I can't not it is. be into it. It's a very, very compelling story. Um, so, Glenn, thank you for that that uh, most recent update. We do hope things that hope things calm down uh, for you and your family. Uh, our phone number here is 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost stories with us. If you enjoyed that, if you enjoyed, uh, you know, the serial S type stories that, uh, that Richard and Chattanooga special for the yearly EPPs that compiles several months of what we had back there in 2014 into one episode. Um, and that's, that's quite a, uh, a compilation of just weirdness. Um, so check that out if you want to become a yearly EPP. And there, I, I should, I mentioned this earlier. Um, when you sign up to be, there's three options here. If you want to get that, that USB drive one, uh, become a yearly EPP. That's the, straightforward way of doing it if you're not an app yet sign up for a yearly membership you get it uh or if you are a monthly member upgrade to yearly shoot me an email let me know and then i can get that for you there uh if you already are a yearly app member upon your next renewal or if you just renewed let me know and i'll get it to you that way if you're up uh, through patreon and you sign up for the 20 dollar a month level over there after three months you'll get access to it uh, as well. So that'll equal a year. So, all right. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to a, uh, a letter. It'd be hard to beat that call. Uh, hey there. I recently started listening to your podcast and I really enjoy all the stories that inspired me to share one of my stories. I only learned about the term sensitive when I started listening to this podcast and I guess it describes me pretty well. I got it from my grandmother who routinely dreams about who she's uh, about the, who's going to die and casually recalls past lives out of the blue. I grew up thinking that my house was haunted, but it was only after my parents got divorced and I would be spending half a week with each one of them that I realized that I was and still am the main problem. This particular incident happened when I was watching my father's apartment. 
while he was away on vacation. My father lives on the top floor of a six-unit apartment building. Below him lives my aunt and uncle. All the balconies are connected by fire escapes and a staircase. The gallery enters into the kitchen of the apartment, which leads to the hallway. To the right of the hallway was my bedroom. To the left, the bathroom, and the hall opens up into the living room with my father's room to the right of it. It was midsummer. It was midnight, and I was watching TV when I heard knocking on the patio door. I thought it was weird that my aunt would be knocking at such a late hour. So I made my way over expecting to see her at the patio, but there was no one there. The motion sensor didn't even turn on. I thought that maybe she had a second thought and went back downstairs. I thought nothing of it went back to the living room. About 10 minutes later, the same knocking. This time it was constant. It didn't stop. I thought there was an emergency. I ran to the door and the knocking persisted up until I pulled the blinds that covered the patio door. No one was standing there. Decently freaked out, but used to weird shit happening. I closed the blinds, walked back to the living room, opened every single light on my way back, and hoped that would be the end of it. Not so lucky, though. The knocking started again. I ignored it, but the knocking got so loud, so hard, that I thought it was going to shatter the patio door. I grabbed my phone, ran into the bedroom, locked the door, and sat on my bed, deciding if I should head back to my mother's house or ride it out. The banging stopped. Then it started again on my bedroom window. We were on the top floor. My window doesn't have a balcony or anything of the sort. Needless to say, I grabbed my stuff, went back to my mom's house. The knocking persisted until I left the apartment. On another occasion, my father, brother, and I came home to his apartment and found a straight trail of muddy footprints starting spontaneously in the hallway, all the way to the kitchen and then stopping. Our alarm didn't go off. The camera outside didn't catch anything, and the boot prints didn't match any shoe or boot we owned. These are pretty tame compared to what went on at my mother's house, which is infested with attention-hungry shadow people and one particularly nice woman who died in a fire. If you have any questions, I'd be happy to oblige. Thanks for the podcast. Stay spooky. I think knocking's one of those things where it's it seems pretty tame when you talk about it, but it can be terrifying because mm-hmm. you feel like something just wants in and you can't keep it out. Yeah. And you know, just not being able to find the source or if you know what the source is and you can't do anything about it, just feeling completely helpless. And it's one of those things where you, you, you can somewhat kind of write it off as maybe it's something logical or maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very difficult to be definitive on it. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was a kid, I, the, I get asked sometimes, ever anything weird happened as a kid? My answer is usually no. But this one came up the other day and I was like, I did have something. I kind of forgot about it. Um, and it was, uh, I had a knocking thing where I heard like, it sounded like knocks right directly above my headboard and only happened one night, never happened again. There's no tree there that would, could be knocking against that part of the house. Um, I don't know what the hell it was. Mm -mm. It was the strangest thing. And that was it. But it was just so clear though. Yeah. It wasn't like. Oh, is there something in the wall? It was just this definitive. Mm-hmm. And it stopped. I'm like, what the hell? And was it my door? You, you know what it sounded like? Yeah. You know what your surfaces sound like mm-hmm. when you hit them. And it sounded like the, the, the plaster on the wall right above my bed. Don't know what the hell it was. It was just, it was weird. Don't tell the kids that one before we go see grandma and grandpa. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. No. Like, hey, the room here. But that, I mean, it happened once out of God knows how many thousands of nights I spent oh, sure. in that room. But uh, yeah, I, but that house, I, I, aside from that, I never remotely had anything ghostly happen 
If, yeah. if someone said, "Is that house? Is your? Would you grow up in a haunted house?" No, not a chance. Uh, compared to <laughs> compared to some stories, yeah. uh, this is on the negative scale of uh, likely not. Eight five five eight five three forty eight or two is our phone number. Real Ghost Stories Online. Next story says, "I believe in the supernatural. I believe that things happen for a reason. Some things happen in my life that I see and feel. Things that science can't explain." It's been uh, more than four years since the incident, and I can't help but think about that day. We plays over and over. I dealt with many unusual things, but this one stands out from the rest. It was one incident that caught me off guard. I was in college at the time, and my classmate, who was a close friend of mine, decided that we would walk over to my aunt's apartment after school, which was five blocks away. We had someone pick us up every day, but today it was going to be different. Just us two and our own or on our own. Let me give you a little history. You see, my aunt lived in an apartment building across from a salon adjacent to an apartment, and besides the apartment was a funeral home. For two years straight, the apartment had people trying to commit suicide by fire on the date November 13th. Weird coincidence. However, within those two years, the occupants in the building made it out alive, but the people attempting to commit suicide did not. By the time class was over, it was around 3.30. We stayed there late to finish up an assignment, and it was about 5.00. It was fall, and it got dark early. We set off and walked quickly, enjoying the air and conversation. It was pretty dreary. We made it most. Uh, we made the most out of it, trying to cheer each other up. So we took our time. Sun was going down quickly. We were so into our conversation, we didn't notice it was dark out. By the time we reached the third block, it was pitch dark. So we quickened our pace. It was tranquil, and there was no one in sight. No cars passed us at all. We were walking alongside the sidewalk, and there was a road beside us. We were not even half a block away when we noticed headlights glowing behind us, but somehow we felt a bit uneasy because the vehicle was going very slow. We knew it was a couple meters behind us. We felt as though it was following us and started speed walking, and the car quickened its pace. It was getting closer and closer, so we decided to make a run for it. We ran and turned the corner, as did the car. About five meters away, we had seen the light coming from a building and ran for safety before we reached our sanctuary. I looked back and saw the vehicle. It was very old and beat up. It was a van. We couldn't see anyone inside because it was tinted and the headlights were shining in our eyes. We ran into the next building for shelter and it was a hair salon. They were closing up and they looked up at us as we banged on the door and they quickly opened it for us. We told them what happened and they believed us, so they seemed a bit bewildered by the chain of events. By the time we finished our story and they looked out to investigate, the van was gone. They told us that they were closed and would let us into the apartment lobby since it was attached to their hair salon. So we ended up in the apartment building. Panicking, I made a call to my sister and told her to pick us up. I gave her the name of the hair salon and she knew exactly where we were. She found it quite sinister that I would want to be picked up there, but she didn't argue. I told her I'd let her in on the details as soon as she picked us up. The lobby of the apartment has a huge window to look outside without any curtains and four chairs facing each other on two uh, on either side. Behind were two elevators side by side. My friend and I sat on one chair together, frightened to death, looking around all paranoid. We couldn't see anything outside. We sat in silence. We noticed a red light in the corner of our eye. It was coming from the elevator. It was the dial for the elevator stating that stating what floor the people in the elevator were on. The apartment had 10 floors, and it was counting down the floors. It reached one, and the elevator dinged. It frightened us both so bad. It opened, and to our horror, nobody came out of it. We were both frozen with fear. It was dead silence. 
So we looked out the window until out of nowhere, the other door on the elevator dinged. We looked at one another, shocked and fear, and the door opened and we heard thumping. Our hearts stopped that very moment. This man over six feet tall, heavy set and a very dark complexion, came out with a large black fedora hat on, which covered his eyes. He was in a black suit and was walking with a cane. I've never seen one that fancy. It was very unique, very glossy and black. It had a snake head on the top with jeweled eyes. He was not limping at all. He didn't seem to use it for support. He sat right across from my friend and me. He started tapping his foot methodically and his cane at the same time. We couldn't see his eyes, only his face and the hat covered everything else. The man decided to lift his hat a bit and I see his eyes and they were white with no pupils or anything. And he grinned. We were paralyzed with fear. Felt like time stopped somehow. In the distance somewhere, I heard a car beeping and came out of the state I was in. I grabbed my friend's hand. We ran to my sister as fast as possible. We got into the car and drove away. I looked back at the apartment building window and no one was there. It was empty. I asked my sister when she was pulling up if she had seen anyone and her reply was no. While we were in the car, my sister found it very strange that we were across the street from my aunt's apartment at the time of the situation. Couldn't see anything, only the light in the salon, and didn't even realize the apartment was so close in proximity. I've been in the neighborhood late at night, and the lamps would always be on except this particular day. I know that around that area, it's quite haunted, whether the apartment itself and the funeral home being there have something to do with it. In my situation, I am unsure. This has plagued me for many years, and to this day, I wonder who was in the van that was following us. If they caught up to us, what would have happened? And who was that man in the apartment building staring at us with no eyes? I think if you insert a van into any story, it makes it creepier. <laughs> because vans are just creepy. Now, what if the van has like lettering on it? Like it's logoed up or wrapped for a business. Does that make it not creepy? That or? makes it less creepy. Okay. But it's usually the unmarked vans or mm -hmm. the vans for a business that is not in your area and yeah. you know isn't. That it's just like, what are they doing? Half times you wonder, like, why why do you have this van that's not for a business? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, most businesses will want the, you know, publicity of it. Right. Um, when it's that type of a van. Mm -hmm. The other day, uh, Harp and me were out um, just kind of exploring around. We were going to go for a walk. And we didn't because she had shorts on and we I didn't wasn't thinking. So we'd like, oh, I don't want you to get ticks and all that. So, yeah. but we just walked down by the lake a little bit and... Um, there's there's several like little parking lots along this this road for different trails and one of the trails that i was thinking oh let's go check that out towards the entrance to it big white unmarked van and there was like you could tell it was like someone's home i'm guessing because mm -hmm. it was just littered with stuff yeah it wasn't like oh this is your business and this is all your equipment mm -hmm. it was like oh and it's just sitting it's by itself and you're kind of by yourself over in this area. And it's like, there's no way in hell, even like I would stop here to go for a hike at this moment no. with that. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It was creepy. Mm -hmm. It was creepy. Um, it's a lot less creepy if you sell ice cream out of the van. No, um. not necessarily. <laughs> it just depends. If, you're, if your bed is in there right next to the ice cream container, that's a little more creepy. I think ice cream trucks need to step up their game and be kind of like the snow cone trucks that are so not threatening and very... <laughs> like the Kona ice yeah, trucks? Yeah, yeah, those are good. Yeah. Ice cream people, come on, you know. It's, it's time to get with it. It's time to not look like a, a predator selling ice cream is yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, let's, let's give them no reason to have a stigma anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> this message of support brought to you by Jenny. Um, I agree. It's just kind of one of those things. Gotta, gotta, it's all about perception, and yeah, they can be kind of creepy sometimes. Uh, there you go. That wraps up uh, today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, you want access to all the EPP bonus episodes, sign up at ghostpodcast.com or through patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Sign up for a full year, and you'll get that uh, bonus USB drive. It's a wooden USB drive, 8 gigs. You can reuse it, and on it, uh, more than 10 hours of awesome, creepy content, some new exclusive stuff on there for you. Check it out, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. The all-new Toyota Highlander is designed to go Highlander. What's go Highlander, you ask? It means amplifying your comfort with available premium leather interior and ventilated seats. And amplifying your groove with an available booming 11-speaker JBL audio system. Or even amplifying your crew with roomy seating for up to eight. Don't just go. Go Highlander in the all-new Toyota Highlander. Toyota, let's go places. JBL is a registered trademark of Harman International Industries Incorporated.